My name is Jonathan Nato, and I'm a blind guy. Hey, everybody. My name is Hamad Zaidi, and I'm still disabled. And this is Limping on Cloud Nine. Yep. Jonathan, how you doing, man? Good. Everything's going well. You ready to dive into this thing? Oh, yeah. It's funny that a guy that can barely swim says, are you ready to dive into this thing? <laughs> <laughs> so the last podcast we did was about uh, the how I got baptized at a Jiffy Lube in Thousand Oaks, right? Yeah, yeah. But did we? I, I can't even remember. Did we talk about what I turned that into? No, we didn't talk. We didn't hit on that at all. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. So for those of you who haven't heard the last podcast, in 1998, 99 ish, I was in a Jiffy Lube oil change place in Thousand Oaks, California, and this wonderful woman sat next to me while I was waiting for my car to get changed. <laughs> And she tried to change me. So <laughs> basically, right? Mm-hmm. So in a nutshell, she told me I was disabled because I wasn't Christian. And she pulled out a pocket Bible and she offered to baptize me. Right? Yep. And for those of you who want to learn more about that, please listen to the last episode. Because that entire episode is dedicated to how I was baptized at Jiffy Loop. <laughs> right? Yep, Exactly. So today, I'd like to talk about what I turned that into. And you know, obviously, but people out there, what I turned that into is a five minute and 58 second short film called Baptized at Lucky Lube. Right? Yeah. And I thought today we'd get into not just what the movie's about or why I did it. But the whole process of how it came to fruition. Yeah, yeah, cool? definitely. So you have any initial questions, Jonathan? Not yet. All right, but as you know, interrupt the hell out of me. Yeah. Just jump in and ask me questions. So here's the thing. It was March of, I guess, 2000. March of 2000, I was in a meeting with a manager. I won't say who but a writing manager in the film industry who was very powerful. He'd read a couple of things that I had written. He called me. We had a couple of meetings. We actually had a meeting at Fox Searchlight Films mm. on one of my projects. And so this guy called me back and he goes, I'm thinking about signing you as a writer. And if anyone's listened to this podcast, there are a few things in life I like more than writing. I mean, my wife, my kids, <laughs> right? Those things, obviously. But I love writing, right? Yeah. So it sparked my interest, and I really, really, really wanted to do it. So he calls me in the morning and says, come down. Let's sign a contract. Let's talk about signing you as a writer. What do I do? Went down. I went down. Yeah. It was po- it was pouring rain, which is rare in March in Los Angeles, right? Because L.A. gets a lot of rain in January, February, but usually March, very little, if, if any. Yeah. Right? I go down there. I'm all excited. I go to his office. I meet his boss, uh, I, which, who would be one of the few owners of that company. Everyone's excited. And then he's like, yeah, let's, I think we, should, might, we might want to sign you, right? So – I'm on cloud nine. Obviously, yeah. Obviously. And then the other, the other shoe drops. Oh, man. He's like, oh, by the way. Oh, 
by the way, you know, Hamad, we know you had development money because we know you, you're into producing things and, and you're into other businesses. So we have a independent film that could really use a $100,000 investment. Wow. Right? And so I'm like, yeah, I'll take a look at it. So let's sign. And what quickly progressed is the only way they were going to sign is if I gave them $100,000. Wow. Okay. Is which that, is why is that how which deals is why, are normally done in, in the film well, industry? It's certainly, I mean, this is, you know, 19 years ago. Yeah. Right? So 19 years ago this month. Yeah. So, you know, things have changed. But it was pretty blatant, and that's why I'm not saying what company it yeah, was yeah. or what it was. Yeah. But it was pretty blatant. So, of course, I said no. I didn't get signed, and this leads to how Baptized at Lucky Lube happened. Okay. I'm in my car. I'm upset. It's pouring rain. Um. One of the people I call is Paul Griffin, who is awesome. Paul was the writer, director, and lead actor in the first film I ever executive produced called The Lamastas. Mm. He lives in New York. Um, now he's a celebrated, celebrated novelist. Mm. Right? Like, I'll, I'll get to that a little bit later. In fact, we mentioned him. Remember we did the podcast a year and a half ago about authors? Yes. The first book Paul ever wrote was called Ten Mile River. Mm. And I'm one of the people that he thanked or whatever. Yeah, yeah. In the liner notes. Or in the- Certainly I don't deserve that, but <laughs> but I was. So yeah, he's he's great. So I called Paul and I said, dude, all I want to do is create. What I really want to do is create. But every time I feel like I'm getting close to a huge breakthrough, like somebody wants to see the checkbook. They don't mm. want to see the writing. They mm. want to see the checkbook, mm. right? And I'm like, Polly, how do I change this? What does he say? Do something yourself. Do something yourself. Change how people see you. And the only way you're going to change how people see you is make something creative. Because right now they see you as a guy that might invest. Mm, mm. Right? Yeah. So then I'm like, what am I going to write about, man? And then he goes, Hamadi, tell me a story. Just tell me a story. You have a ton of them. Tell me a story. So as I was trying to get myself out of a bad mood, I brought up the story of, of how I was baptized at Jiffy Loop. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I was just telling him a story. I, wasn't, I had no other intention. I was just trying to get out of a bad mood. Yeah. Right? The second he heard that story, he's like, oh, my God, that's it. You have to make that movie. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, you have to make that movie. And that's how it was born. That's funny. Right? Yeah. So I went home, locked myself in my room for like four or five or six days and just wrote. Now, that's a lot of days to write just five pages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or six pages. 
But I think I wrote them in like in three hours, and then I spent the next four and a half days rewriting them. Yeah. Right? Then I had the script. Then I sent it to Paul and said, what do you think? Because I know he's a tremendous writer. And he's like, man, this is pretty good. You might want to make this. So then you know what I did is I go, Paulie, you're a great actor. I want you to play me. <laughs> he's like, no, no. And he goes, I love you to death, but and I hope it's okay for me to say this on the podcast. But he doesn't like flying at all. Oh, really? Okay. Like, like, like I, he has an issue with flying. Yeah. And he lives in New York, and I live in Los Angeles. Right, yeah. Right? So if you're going to have an issue with flying... The that's, first, the, that's, the last, that's the last flight you want to take. That's the last flight you want to take. But I convinced him. I did convince him. And then, man, it was the wildest ride. Can I just jump into it? Yeah, yeah. It was such a wild ride, man, because all the doors were opening up, and I was finally being seen as a creative person. Yeah. In that realm. Yeah. It was so cool. I got to tell you, and I'm just throwing stuff out just because it's so random. It's it's just weird. Paul's brother, John, were, he still I think he's still out here in Los Angeles. But at the time, he was an actor in L.A. And he goes, hey, my brother John's an actor in L.A. And, and he's a Scientologist. Okay. Right? okay. Or he's in the Scientology acting class. Yeah, yeah. And if you want. I'll play the lead, but if you want all these other actors, you can get him and all of his friends. Right? Okay. So Paul acted as me, his brother John, and a bunch of his friends from this Milton Gonzalez class in Los Angeles mm. all became my actors. Okay. Right? So, and when I mean everything opened up, I mean everything opened up, which is crazy. I was at, like, the Country Music Awards with – I don't even know why, but I was at the Country Music Awards <laughs> with um, with somebody, and I was telling the story of wanting to make Baptized. Yeah. And they're like, would you like backstage passes? Seriously. And I'm like, really? <laughs> and – so it was – it just felt like – it felt like the sky was opening for me. Yeah. So the first thing I did is I contacted Jiffy Lube and said, can I use your name? Right? Uh, they probably said no. Well, first they said yes, and then they called me back, and they said, you know what? Some of our owners in the South have a problem with your story. Oh, yeah, they would. Right? Mm-hmm. So you can't use our name. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm like, what am I going to call it if I can't call it baptized a Jiffy Lube? Right. Yeah. Hence is why I came up with Lucky Lube. Yeah. That, that way. It's like a generic name. You get the idea. Right. You get yeah. the idea. So then step number two was I needed to get a city permit because my my dad's friend owns a mobile station. OK. In Thousand Oaks. OK. And then he's like, yeah, I'll give you my station for free. Which is awesome because normally that would cost ten thousand dollars a day. Oh man! <laughs> right? Wow! <laughs> or at least five or seven thousand a day. Yeah. And he's like, he goes, I can't close it for you because I still need customers. But, you know, you can shoot there. Yeah, you can like work around him or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
So that's what we did. And here's the funny thing. Before we shot it, I had to go to everyone in a one-mile radius, all the houses in a one-mile radius, yeah. and get their permission. I don't know why the City of Thousand Oaks did that like huh. 20 years ago, right? That's interesting. Yeah. So I walked around, and I can't – I mean, T.O. Thousand Oaks is a pretty conservative area. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful area, but pretty conservative. Yeah. I can't tell you how many people, when they said, what's your, what's your story? And I said, it's called Baptized at Lucky Loop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they looked at me, and they're like, we're not signing off on a pornographic film. <laughs> and I'm like, it's not a porn. And they're like, yeah, right. It's called Baptized at Lucky Lube. And it's not porn. <laughs> right? Yeah. I actually literally had to get 100 signatures or 150 signatures. Yeah. To, to get the permit to shoot. Man. Then we get, you know, it's crazy. The one thing I'll tell all aspiring filmmakers out there, if there's any who are listening, if you have an idea that people get passionate about, you will get a lot of stuff. Mm. A lot of stuff. Because mm. we went down to the, um, you know, the camera house to get the camera. Yeah. And all the equipment. And luckily, somebody that we met knew a guy that was a cameraman on Seinfeld. Ah, no kidding. Right? I mean, and then they said he might want to do this. His name is Ed Nielsen. And then I called him, and he goes, yeah, I'll do it. Absolutely. So now I had, like, a guy that worked on Seinfeld. Yeah, doing right? the camera. Doing the camera. And then Ed had uh, – Ed Nielsen had great relationships with um, camera departments, right? Yeah. Because, obviously, you know, he worked at Seinfeld. Right. So we got, like, a ten or eleven or $12,000 package for, like, 1000 bucks. Man. I mean, we just got all this stuff, and really the 1000 bucks was just, you know, to make sure all the insurance was covered. Yeah, yeah. Which means that they were actually just giving it to us. <laughs> right. Right? We did that. We had all this stuff going on, man. And then jumping back to Paul, and I'm sorry, I'm jumping all over the place, right? That's fine. But jumping back to Paul Griffin, his wife, Risa, told me that... He, I don't know for how many weeks, but for several weeks, he stopped using his left hand. No kidding. And this is only a one-day shoot. It just took us one day to do it, mm. right? Mm. But for a few weeks or several weeks before the shoot in New York, he started just using one hand to do things. Yeah. So that when we actually shot it, he would look like he was disabled. Yeah. Right? So I had that going on. All these interesting things just it just felt like the it just felt like everything was going to launch right yeah i love the actors i love the you know the producers i worked with i brought in some friends who are still friends of mine 20 years later to to produce it with me it was just really really fun so can i jump to the day we shot it yeah i was gonna ask like you said it was one day was it like a 12 hour day 16 hour day like you know, I think the city Thousand Oaks thinks it was a twelve-hour day, but I think it was more like fourteen, fifteen hours. Yeah, probably sixteen. Yeah, it was a very long day. It was a very, very long day. But here's the thing: so 
Oh, one more thing. For those of you who have listened to the Nebworth podcast that Jonathan and I did yeah. about how I met uh, Gary, my friend that I met in England at a concert who was dying of AIDS and, and encouraged me to live my life and move out to California, that episode. Yeah. Right? Gary told me that I'd never forget June 30th because that was the day of that concert. But 21 years later, June 30th was also the day that my twin daughters were born. Mm. Right? Mm-hmm. So here's how this ties into this story, how that ties into this story. We shot Baptized at Lucky Lube on July 1st, 2000. Okay. On June 30th, 2000, the day before we shot, I was having dinner with one of the producers, Valerie Stover, who's still a great friend and who I just had lunch with um, the day after the Super Bowl in Nashville a, a few weeks back. Yeah. Right. I was having lunch with, with Valerie the day before we shot Baptized because she was one of our producers. And she was a vegetarian. And she bet me. She goes, Hamad, I bet you can't go 30 days without eating meat. And I'm like, of course I can. And she goes, I bet you can't go 30 days without eating meat because you eat like three, three steaks a week and a hamburger every day. Right? Yeah. So... I took the bet, and it's been 19 years. Oh, wow. Almost 19 years. July 1st will be 19 years. That's crazy. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. I've never had meat or chicken again. Mm. That's why That's why when you and I hang out, I have a lot of fish. <laughs> right? Yeah. So June 30th was the last day I ever ate meat as well. Wow. Okay. Kind of weird, right? Yeah. So... Also on June 30th, and it's just a funny nugget to the story, the day before we shot, Ed Nielsen, our director of photography, our DP, um, met me at the gas station, Yeah. at the mobile station. And, <laughs> he, he, you know, he's rubbing his chin. He was probably in his early 60s. Okay. Rubbing his chin, or 50s, I guess. And looking at, like, the convenience store part of, you know. Yeah, the, the mobile place mobile. or whatever. And then I go, Ed, what are you looking at? <laughs> what he says, Jonathan? No. He's like, okay, Ahmad, so we need to take this wall out. And after we take this wall out, I can get my camera to zoom in. And I'm looking at him, and I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, this wall, you know. The, the wall that faces the outside of the convenience store. He wanted to take the entire wall down. <laughs> like he wanted to tear the store apart. Yeah, yeah. Right? So he'd get his camera in there. And I'm like, how big of a budget do you think we have, dude? This is not Seinfeld. Right. I mean, when you have a couple million dollar budget a week, you do what you want. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Five, right, or five or six million a week, whatever they had. But... This was a short film. This was a six-minute movie, right? Man. So obviously he didn't get to tear his wall down. <laughs> but the morning of the shoot, all of the signs for, for that day said Lucky Loop. Like the mobile signs were covered. Oh, yeah. And they all said Lucky Loop, even on the gas pumps. Oh, wow. Okay. Everything. Because we had a tremendous art department help us out, right? Yeah. 
And dude, do you know how funny it was when people walked in and said, what happened to mobile? What's Lucky Loop? I've never heard of this. Is, is this gas any good? <laughs> we had to spend so much time. Just calming people down. We're like, no, no, no don't worry. I was just doing a short film. It's right. fine. Mo- and you know the biggest question I got that day is, Will my mobile card work at Lucky Loop? <laughs> I'm like, yes, it will. Your yep. mobile card yep. will work, right? <laughs> so that's the setup. Now I'd like to dive into like a slightly more serious part of the story. Yeah. Dude, and I think you're somebody who can understand. You don't see yourself like other people see you. Right. Correct? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's true with anybody, not just me and you who have disabilities. That's true with everybody. Yeah. You don't see yourself the way other people see you. I have never seen myself as being disabled. I mean, I am, clearly, but that's not how I see myself. Yeah. When I look into the mirror, I look into, I, I see a short guy. I don't see a disabled short guy. Right. Right? Yeah. So one of the most haunting moments of this entire shoot, I'll never forget it, man. Paul nailed my limp. I mean, he nailed it. And when you and I were together, you, you can hear my limp, right? Yeah. Because I dragged my foot. Yeah. And you with exceptional hearing, you can obviously hear it, right? Yeah. So he nailed my limp. And then when he did his first line, he was doing a flawless job being me. And Johnson, I almost started crying. I can because believe, yeah. it's it's really, really weird to see somebody play you as a crooked, limping, disabled guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Man, it was rough. And I'll tell you, the one thing I'll never ever forget, Jonathan, is I yelled cut before the scene was over. You yeah. know, for those of you who don't know, that's how you stop the film from continuing to record, right? So I yelled cut, and everybody looked at me, and I go, Polly, you're good, man. That was great. But what are you doing with your thumb? And, and, I, and you could tell, like, I was about to start crying. Yeah. And I'm like, what are you doing with your thumb? That looks nothing like me. You know, I don't hold my thumb under my hand. That looks nothing like me. And all he did is smile and point at my left hand. Yeah. And and I looked at it, and I'm looking at my left hand right now. My thumb is tucked under my fingers. (laughs) Because it's crooked. It's it's, it's, deformed. Yeah. So, man, I was 32 at the time. Yeah. Yeah, 32 at the time when I did the movie. And in my 32 years of life at that moment, I had never noticed that I'd tuck my thumb into my hand. Not once. That's funny. Not even once. So that entire day, that 16-hour day, felt like four and a half minutes. Mm, I believe it. I mean, it was like when we do your documentary this year. Yeah. You'll you'll feel the same way. Yeah. Like a twelve. Well, when we did the when you and I did our film festival, right? Yeah. In October of last year, the the Lonely Seal 
Film Festival. Both days, you picked me up at 8 a.m. Yep. Right? And then all of us drove over to the theater. And we were done at 10 or 11 p.m. It might have felt like an hour. Yeah. Right? Pretty much. And the, what was the one thing we never did when we were there is eat. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> had time. We never had time to get away and eat. Yeah. <laughs> so we need to change that this year. We definitely <laughs> need to change it this year. So that was the actual shoot. The shoot was just tremendous. Oh, oh, by the way, it was the first time, and I made a lot of mistakes, but it was the first time I had ever directed anything. Ever. So when I was in film school, I was a producing major. Right? Yeah. And when I was in undergrad film school, I was a media management major. So I was always on the producing management side. Yeah, yeah. So Baptized was the first time I'd ever gotten behind a camera and done anything. Yeah. It was unreal. But you know what else I wanted to talk about is um, – You'll like this part. It took on a life of its own afterward. Like, after shooting it was almost as fun uh, or more fun than the actual shoot. Mm. You know, <laughs> have we talked about this before? I don't think so. So, Valerie is a professor in Nashville. Yeah. She still is. And so she proposed that we have it edited in Nashville. <laughs> and she, okay. And she goes, she goes, hey, I'll give you free editing at my film school, but a professional editor can cut it. But can we use the footage for our editing students in film school to make their own versions of your movie? Ah, okay. You know, much shorter version yeah. of your movie um, for their class. And I'm like, sure, you want to give me a free editing bay? Of course. Done. Right? Totally. So sometimes I don't know where they are because they're not, you know, they're not the same. Well, they're all my footage cut differently. Yeah. So there's probably 30 or 40 different versions. Versions of it. (laughs) Right. So here's what's cool. We made uh, we shot it on 35 millimeter, which is really rare now because digital is so advanced. Yeah. But this six-minute short film wound up costing about $55,000. Man. Now, that's also because this was the year 2000. If this would have happened this year, we could have done the same exact thing on digital for maybe $10,000. Okay. Right? But back then, everything was more expensive, right? Yeah. Every, every single thing. So, you have any questions before we jump on to the next one? Mm, no, not yet. So here's the thing. We had it edited in Nashville. We had it scored in Nashville. Mm. You know, and, and the guy that scored it, you, you'll, you'll find this interesting. The guy that scored it went on to score the Bible. Oh, that's cool. He, he did. That was he his did next like project. Okay, that's me, cool. Took him a year and a half. Hmm. And, and then guess what I did? Because it's crazy, but I did it. Guess what I did? I don't know. I made a 18-minute CD <laughs> yeah. for a six-minute So I was going to say it was three times as long as the, uh... the movie. <laughs> One of my dear, dear, dear friends, Kelly Nix, um, 
he did a couple of songs for it. Um, I wrote one of the songs um, that he did. Actually, I wrote one of the songs that uh, Greta Rose Bart, who played the um, the woman that baptizes yeah. me. Yep. She, she was incredible, too. So I wrote the lyrics to your song, and she put in the music. Okay. Right? To, to one song, which still to this day, man, I've never played it for you. I think you did once, actually. Because it's, it's called Escaping Your Wrath. Yeah, yeah, you did play I, it. I, I have to find it because it's actually – I still remember it because I, I wrote it. But it was the, – the chorus was, I've been walking your path to be escaping your wrath. Mm. Right? Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know why I came up with that? No. As I was writing the song, I was watching <laughs> – the Star Trek, The Wrath of Khan. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, wrath, that's such an interesting word, right? So that was interesting because we got some play on that song. Okay. So, so a couple of local stations in Nashville, smaller ones, obviously, much smaller ones. Uh, the, you know, it was a religious song. Yeah. So they, a couple of them liked it a lot and wanted us to send it over. But... We also had the CD mastered on Music Row. Oh, yeah. Dude, amazing. Yeah, and I believe Mike Davis was the guy that mastered it, and he's a big, big, like, I can't even start to tell you his credits. Clearly, if you ask him what the smallest thing he's ever worked on in his life is, it's yeah. this. <laughs> like, he does, like, triple platinum country music star type. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, dude, to me, it was it was great. I got to write a song. I got to produce a CD, you know, mix it and master it or have it mixed and mastered on Music Row in Nashville. It was crazy. And then the. um, What what else was I going to tell you? Oh, and then, you know, what happened to it? Hmm. It didn't get into Sundance, which made me cry for like nine days. <laughs> <laughs> but then it wound up playing 28 festivals in six different countries. Wow. So it had a really nice run. Yeah. Short film. Yeah. You know, played in the United States, Canada, Mexico, England, France, and Australia. Nice. Crazy, though. So... Partly what I wanted to uh, do regarding this podcast, Jonathan, is it's about an incident that involves my disability. But as we talked about the actual story, you know, the fact that I'm disabled really did not factor into how we made the movie. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So my ultimate point in sharing this, or at least one of my points in sharing this, is like you and I always say, man, anybody can do anything. Yeah. Anybody can do anything. Yeah. To this day, I look back, you know, because you always look back at your first creative thing, right? Yeah. So I watch it now and I'm like, man, I wish I could change that. I wish I could change that. Yeah. There's always things you want to change. Right. But... Man, I mean, what a great experience. <laughs> it, it was so much fun. To me, I equate it to how you share, like, the fact that you picked up a guitar again last March. Yeah. 
been about a year because I think he started. Yeah, yeah, it's around March, March last year. Right, so it's a year this month. Mm-hmm. And um, when you pick up something creative that you love, you put so much more into it. Yeah. I mean, for those of you out there that are listening, if you listen to previous podcasts that we've done, some of them may not have my energy or the jump in my voice like this one does. Because as I'm talking, I'm just remembering the experience that I had. It was it was quite amazing. You know? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Like <clears throat> I I recorded well, I've recorded a couple of times in a studio, but the last time I recorded in a studio it was it was just fun to be creative and hear you know, things playing back that you recorded and, and all that. It's, it, it's exciting. You know, it's exciting. It's really cool. And can I share one? Because I know, I'm, I know I'm bouncing around, but can I share one moment that I will never forget? Mm. I was in Mexico watching Baptized. Yeah. At a film festival. Yeah. In Guanajuato. I know I'm saying it wrong, but Guanajuato. Mm. It's where the mummies are. In okay. Mexico. Okay. Dude. I will never. It was a huge theater. Of course, my movie was not the only one being played. It was a film festival. Yeah. Right. My God, man! I got to tell you, Jonathan. It was amazing to see like twelve of twelve hundred or fifteen hundred people. I mean, it was an enormous theater. It was amazing to see that many people watch your film. Mm. And the one thing I'll never forget is after the screening. This woman came up to me with a couple of friends, and they didn't speak English because I was in Mexico. Yeah. And, you know, in the few words of Spanish that I understood and the few words of English that they knew, it was just amazing to sit there and, and listen to these people that were moved by something I made. Yeah. You, I'm sure you get the same feeling when you play a song. Yeah, yeah. And, and people come up to you after a set, and they're like, dude. This is amazing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's not even the accolades. I don't even, everyone's glad to get them. But for me, it's more, I'm in a foreign country showing a movie in English and just the visuals affected them in some way. Yeah. And that I think is fun. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. Now, you know, the problem is I really want to upload the baptized short. Yeah. But you only have it, it on the reel still? It's on the reel still, but I made it, you know, 19 years ago. Right? Yeah. So it's on, I still have the film reel, but check this out. I have it on VHS. <laughs> so, and I still think I have like two or 300 VHS left. You have to, you have to transfer it digitally. Yeah, no, I want to because I want to upload it. And you know what's funny is it's on – somebody ripped it off. Yeah. It's it's on one of those you know those services where you can rip off a film. And I try to download it and they want me to pay 50 bucks. And I'm like, I'm not going to pay $50 to pay for something right. that I made. <laughs> yeah. But I'll get it up, people. I promise at some point I will definitely get it up. But any other questions about it? No, I mean, the only thing I thought of is I, you could probably go to like a, I don't know if you could go to like a Walgreens, if you guys have those, or like a CVS or, you know, a place yeah, like that. Did. And I, I believe they they would transfer a VHS over to a digital, even at a place like that. 
Yeah, yeah, they will. They will. I've got to get it out of storage because the VHSs are in storage. Okay. But you know what else I need to get you, Jonathan? Mm. Is I also have like three or four dozen Lucky Lube hats. Oh, that's funny. You know? <laughs> and it's cool because just – well, I was just – yeah, I'm so stupid. I was just going to say close your eyes and imagine this. <laughs> but you don't have to. Yeah, right. <laughs> so keep your eyes open and imagine this. Um, the hat is a rainbow – Going into the open hood of a Porsche Carrera. Yeah. And then the words Lucky Lube, you know. <laughs> and it's, it's all embroidered. That's funny. So actually when I send it, I'll send you one when I get them. When I send you one, all you have to do is feel it. Yeah. It's all embroidered on the hat. Yeah. No, it's it's really fun. But the one thing and the last thing I'll say about this unbelievably cool experience that I had making this film. It was so therapeutic. It was so therapeutic because now any hangups I had about being disabled, which I lost when I was 13, when I stood in the mirror and forced myself to look at my naked body until I loved what I saw. Yeah. So that happened when I was 13. This, you know, 19 years later when I was 32, this took it to the next level. Yeah. Because yeah. this was putting it on film and then getting it out to six countries. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But I highly encourage everyone out there, if you have a hang-up, if you have a disability, and I think you and I have said this a lot, everyone listening has a disability. Yeah, exactly. Some are mental, some are physical, some are hidden, some are not hidden. Mine is not. And yours is not. Right. Hidden. But everyone has hangups. If you ever want to just get over them, do something like this. Do something creative where you bear your soul and you just get it out there. Because once it's out there, you can't worry about it anymore. It's already out there. Yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. So any other final thoughts, my friend? No, I think that's it. Well, for, for those of you who really want a Baptized at Lucky Lube hat, email us at info at limpingoncloud9.com <laughs> and let me know. And we'll, we'll, I don't know, if we sell them, they'll be very cheap, don't worry. <laughs> but we'll figure something out. But I'm just really glad to do this one because I encourage people to, you know, attack their, attack their fears, whatever fears they may have, attack them. And maybe do it in a creative way because it's a great way to help you get over your hang-up or your fear. Yeah, no, exactly. That's it for me. So you can go to limpingoncloud9.com. You can check out all the past episodes and everything there. We're on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, all those fun places. And on that note, everyone, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. We'll talk to you next episode. See ya.